Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome, this is Jake Taff with your weekly sports podcast, Not Just a Game, once again. And as mentioned, we're here with Nicole Briscoe. Thank you, Nicole, former Roscoe resident, Hananiga graduate, mm-hmm. um, and a sports center anchor. Now. Well, I didn't even plan it, but I know you can yeah. see me. Oh, you didn't plan that. Didn't, I didn't plan it. I was just feeling a little tired today. And this is like my cozy sweatshirt, and I'm just kicking, kicking it regionally. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, baseball is over for, mm-hmm. for Cub fans right now. You can wait a little while. That's all right. At least you got a season in, right? Yeah. Um, no, that's good. <laughs> let's start with. I mean, I'm I'm always asking everybody. I want to know how you're doing, how your family's doing. Sure. How old are your kids again? My kids are six and four, so I have a first grader and a preschooler. And what's it I been think, like? I think we're as far as where we are. I feel like we're a little lucky because Connecticut has been really strict, and um, you know, at the moment fingers crossed, our coronavirus numbers as like the state's population, we're still under 2%, the positive test rate. So my first grader is still in school. She's in school every day. Um, and my preschooler can still go to school. Now, I mean, they're wearing masks and they're not, they're not doing the exact same things that they were doing last year. You know, they, they're still six feet apart and they have like, you know, the little plexiglass cubes that they use and and to be honest, like sometimes Finley, who's my oldest, she'll come home from school and she'll tell me things like, oh, we did this today. And, you know, I used my, my, used my cube to play a game. And it's part of you as a parent is cringing because you know what school should be like for our kids. But then I, I look at her and I know she's happy and she's excited to be around her teachers because, oh my God, mom is a terrible teacher. And so is dad. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that she's my friends and she's still getting the socialization. So my fingers are crossed that we can still keep them in school because I know whatever it is that they're getting, even if it's different, it's still better than this at home stuff that we were doing, you know, spring last year. I mean, that was just, Oh, I, I don't, if you made it through, if you're still doing that, like condolences were like all with you, my God. It's been weird. It's been tough. And, and even the full days of school, it's different. It's, and, and we're in for the long haul. Don't you agree? Yeah. We're totally in for the long haul. People, like, you, you hear people say, come on 2021. And you're like, really? <laughs> it's like, are we going to get to midnight on December the 31st and suddenly everything's going to be better? No. Like, 2021 is still going to be a beep show and we're still going to be wearing masks and our kids are still not going to be in school the way that we want them to be. And life isn't going to go back to normal until we get a vaccine or until we become a little more socially responsible. I mean, this country is a bit of a mess right now when it comes to like our rates and positive tests and not wearing masks and come on guys, we're all, we should all be in this together. And I don't know why we're not. We should be. Do you feel like this 
sport in the sports world, everybody's kind of come together or is there that? I think in the beginning there was like in the beginning, I remember having a number of conversations this summer with Buster only. And we jokingly referred to him as Dr. Doom because every time we talked to him, whether it be like on TV or, you know, for radio or just talking to him, he would just have the world's worst outlook at what was going to go on with like the baseball season. And part of it was, you know, I live in Connecticut and we're super strict and York is super strict and Massachusetts is super strict. But then you go to a place like say Nashville or Phoenix and it's a completely different attitude. And now you're bringing in younger kids and, you know, part of the luxury of being young and immature is like nothing can affect you. And so you're like, well, I'm not going to get it. I'm just going to go clubbing. And that same sort of thing was playing out in sports teams and it was playing out in baseball. And Dr. Doom was like, no, we're not going to get this season in. He's like, they'll start it. Maybe he's like, but there's no way they're going to finish it. And I think as time has gone on, you've seen within that sort of that, that space, people take it a little more seriously yeah. and you've seen within teams and organizations sort of like the crackdown from the leadership, whoever that is on a team, like, no, we're in this together, wear a mask. Like what happened with the Indians when they sent um, Clevenger and um, Plesak and they said, no, you're, you're going to drive home in a rental car from this game on the South side because you guys went out with buddies and then they shipped them down to, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that we started to see. And I think that's when we started to turn the corner. I mean, look what the NBA did. I think that's the bubble. The bubble. It's, I, I've had um, one of my best friends is a, is a bureau producer for, for ESPN. And she spent a hundred days in the bubble. Right. And that's a hundred days where she goes in in the first two weeks, she was, you know, 14 days in a hotel room, literally could not leave her hotel room, getting COVID tested every single day. Um, But it worked. And is it a short-term fix? Yeah. But is a bubble really like a long-term fix for an entire season? No. But it let the NBA finish the season and it let the NHL finish the season. And it's likely going to let us have an end to the baseball season. Oh, right. But like – it's hard. Like you can't live in a bubble. I can't actually live in a bubble either. Like it's not feasible. Yeah. And, and now we're going to start trying to go inside. Um, and I mean, with the winter and with the sports kind of changing to what they are, I know we were able to get through that NBA with that bubble, but you can't do that with every indoor sport out there and everything that we're looking at for the next few months. Like with the NBA, like Adam Silver has been very, I think Adam Silver has been so wonderfully transparent about what they need to do and why they need to do it. And the NBA is going to, you know, obviously postpone a little bit the beginning of the season. Oh, hang on. <laughs> He's still there. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, ben, it's the hubs. I'll call him back. Oh, yeah. But I think Adam Silver has been beautifully transparent about why the NBA needs what it needs. And part of it is because they get such a large amount of, of, of money and revenue from having fans in the stands. So it's like, yes, like I said, the bubble got them to the point where they could finish the season. But you can't expect like the bubble life to be a realistic expectation to begin a season and then finish the season that way. Like not only like the wear and tear that it takes on 
mentally and emotionally and physically, like the people involved from top to bottom, like it, it, it's not sustainable business either. No. Oh, it's hard. It's killing a lot of, a lot of people. But like, what it's, are you going to do as a parent? Cause I think that's like, this is the reality for all of us. Like as a parent, like you're sending your, your kids to school when you can, right? So yeah. Right. Are you letting your kids play sports? What's your threshold? And I think everyone has a different threshold depending on their life. But like, at what point am I going to pull my kids out of dance class? Because right now they can be in dance class and it's a pretty open environment where all of the doors and windows are open and they can like really do it in almost like a band shell sort of thing. But at what point does that become impossible? And now I have to go to them and say, guys, we can't do this anymore. I know. I mean, we've hoped things would change, but they haven't. And now we're hitting the flu season and the indoor season. And that's what, I mean, I, I did a recent podcast with the IHSA, the Illinois High School Association Executive Director, to ask him, how in the heck are you going to have a wrestling season and a, and a high school basketball season? Imagine wrestling, though, with a, with a child that's gonna the the cutting of the weight and the like the literal contact I I don't yeah and like I said like everyone has a different threshold for tolerance and you might be more comfortable with something than me or you might be less comfortable with something than me because of somebody in your life that has sure a condition or a pre-existing condition and I think that's the thing like we've always been we haven't had to talk about openly about pre-existing conditions before. Like you don't have to know that I have asthma or you don't have to know that I have something else going on. But now if I'm like, I, well, I can't go to that wedding and I can't attend this and I, whatever, like I might feel the need to have to tell you that. And that's putting so many people in like these awkward situations. And it's like, we kind of need to remember to allow each other a a bit more grace right now because everyone's uncomfortable and everyone has to do things that we're uncomfortable with, but you shouldn't have to take risks when you don't feel it's like good for you. Yeah. It's the last time we talked, you had signed a new contract and we're still kicking in at the 7am sports center, which is still your, your, your hang. Mm -hmm. Um, what, but it's been such a different world. Give me a little take on what that was like, especially in the beginning of this. I mean, we know the first couple of days there was plenty to talk about. Yeah. Honestly, I think there was a bit of a, a misconception that like, because live sports were gone, that there was like no sports news. And I, I can't think of like a single show that we did where I was like, God, we have nothing to talk about today. There was always something to talk about. And it was whether, you know, how the NBA was falling, you know, how their season was falling apart, how they were going to put it back together. And then like all the same thing with, with literally every single sports league and all of the things that were being rescheduled and all of the things that were being canceled. There was always something sports news wise to talk about. We just didn't have live events, but but think about too. Sport, uh, um, NASCAR came back pretty early. Um, we started having Korean baseball pretty early. Um, like some events came back early enough where it was like then we were balancing actual live sports again with the news of like the major sports trying to get their lives back together and figure out a way to do the bubble scenarios or have an abbreviated season. Um, 
so like for us, our 7 a.m. show went on hiatus for about six months. And so that was professionally weird because they took all of us that were in like the daytime pool and said, okay, this is going to be your new schedule, but you're all going to be on the noon show. And just basically it's like eight anchors that shared space on a noon show that was, you know, Monday through Friday. And then there were a couple of weekend morning shows and everyone did the same thing. But there was a while where I was working three days a week, every other week. But then I had picked up, they asked me and Randy to do uh, a radio show every Saturday. So we did radio every Saturday throughout the summer. Um, had you ever done radio before? Yeah, no, we, yeah, we do. Yeah. We do a lot of stuff on ESPN radio and we fill in a lot. And um, like Randy has hosted to football, football shows and like, it, it's just kind of one of those things where like, you, you kind of just do it and it was fun. We did it and I did it from home and he did it from his home. And, um, you know, we just picked up, I think it was a four hour show on Saturdays. Um, so life was different. Mm-hmm. But we were so busy. It was just different hours, different, what, different. And now, now the seven a.m. is back. So. Right. Right. Now, it's- now one thing you had talked about before was that you loved the little side jobs they were always throwing your way. And, yeah giving you these extra projects and that's kind of what one of the things that you like the most about your gig. Um, I don't know. Did COVID throw it, did derail all that kind of stuff or did you find? No, COVID has completely derailed anything at this point. Like and it's, it's not unusual, but it became one of those things where if you, if you had a, keep keep this in mind, like I'm on a campus of about five, 6,000 people and you would see hundreds of people every day. Even me, even though I was only there like first thing in the morning, I maybe see five other people in the, in the span of a day. Like I see 25 cars in the parking lot right now. Like most of our campus is still working from home. Mm-hmm. And we, they sort of segre- put people into groups and segmented us. And it's like, if that was your group, if that was your lane, we needed you to stay in your lane with your group and sort of like, it became almost like a quarantine team where you worked with the same people all the time and you did the same thing with the same people all the time. So that way, like you were in each other's like circle of germs. And that way, if one team went down and it's still kind of the case, but if one team goes down, the contact tracing within the company made it so there was always someone that could come back in and we could like have each other backed up. Um, So like I can think of a whole bunch of stuff that like the way that the year should have played out that was like, Oh, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. And I had a chance to work on this. And personally, I wanted to do this. And I mean, personally, we were going to take a trip to Australia and let the kids see their, their grandparents over there. And, and there were going to be a couple trips over here and there. And literally all of it came through, but that's also this same thing for everybody. Yes, definitely. The whole world is shut yeah. down. Um, and it's going to remain that way. What, what, oh, you had just, what I think you had said, you were just getting a call from hubby. Fill us in real quick on what, what your, what your hubby Ryan Briscoe was up to these days. It's a different for him anyways. I feel like Ryan and I lately have been like two ships passing in the night because once their season shut down, right. Um, and they did like the 24 hours of Daytona, which they won. That was awesome. 
and then his season shut down. So for like the, the heavy quarantine part of the, the year, he didn't, he was home the whole time. Like he, he got home from Daytona late January and he didn't travel again until um, the first week of July. And like, we never have that. Yeah. So he was home all the time. And now all of a sudden, I, I think he's been home like maybe four days in two weeks or three weeks or something like that. He's like all over the place with work again. So it's good. But he's in Atlanta this weekend. I think it is the originally scheduled Petit Le Mans. Oh, it's the one that's always. It was the one that was initially on the schedule. Yeah. But the schedule came out last year. Like they, this is one event that they didn't have to. Yeah. to reschedule but so he's he's got that this weekend but his team they're leading the championship so it's a it's a big race this weekend and yeah exciting times but it's just been so tricky for him was he one of them did he drag in his big um simulator into the bedroom and try and get involved in that in the beginning no he didn't at one point he said hey this is a good idea and i was like what's the return on investment for all of this like i got real business-like i didn't i was just like i I mean a lot of work for what yeah work to play a video game oh we have those two kids if you want to go play with them you can do that i don't know yeah. A lot of people were sitting around watching those grown men play those video games. I, I know that a lot of people did, but no, Ryan, Ryan didn't, didn't get into that. We actually, um, we had a bit of a construction project at our house that started in the fall and wrapped up um, this summer. And because it was outside, um, they were able to continue working on it. The crews were, I, like at one point, we lived, it was like two people here the entire time and they were separated you know, by the right. yard. But it was nice. He spent a lot of time sort of handling that because right. I was able to go to work still. And, right. you know, because I was the one outside the house, I was trying to keep it that way where it's like I would go to the grocery store and I would do all of that stuff too. So. Your mom, Phyllis, and what'd you get a new basketball court or? Uh, you play basketball? Like. I don't know. No. Tennis court. That I can and can't do basketball would be like the one thing that I'm just atrocious at. And Ryan was awful at it. Well, we, we actually put in a pool in the backyard. Oh, nice. Okay. Like a little house extension portion of the program and a pool, yeah. which well, was great. Like selfishly speaking, if you're going to go into quarantine, now yeah. anything in the summer, right. having your own like pool in the backyard. Yes, huge. We bought a we bought a little six foot, one foot deep pool and filled it up as much as we could. Exactly. Know? Like anything to make you feel you were laying on the beach in Hawaii. <laughs> Whatever it took. Right. Nicole, you've been great. Thank you for so much. Let me let's finish with this. Give me your take on what our near future is going to look like again in the sports world. I'm not going to hit you up with any anything outside of that. What are you know, like we're in for a winter coming up here. I feel like your guess is as good as mine. And I think um, as hard as it is, you, you have to give credit to the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NBA and, and everyone who is still operating right now because they are doing everything they can to keep their athletes safe. And it's it's not a perfect system. It's not. Like, and it, and it never will be. And that's 
sort of like what I said, like we have to allow each other some grace right now. And that goes for teachers and schools. And sometimes the people who make way more money than all of us combined making the decisions at the NFL, like it's, it's not a perfect system, but, and I think as we've learned in the last, like just two days, you know, yesterday, our breaking news with with the Falcons were closing their facility. And this morning, the breaking news were, Colts were closing their facility. Like, this is not something that's going away. And, and that's across the board. It's not something that's going away for you and me. And it's not something that's going away in the sports world. And we're going to figure out different ways to deal with it. And we're going to figure out different ways to sort of try to still maintain our lives. And I, and I think that requires some, some, sometimes some sacrifices on all of our parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might get Tuesday night baseball or we might get Tuesday night football a little bit more. And we like, you know what I mean? But um, I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, wearing a mask, washing your hands a little bit more, but letting your kids go to school and have some semblance of a, a social life and, and having them teach, be, actually be taught that people qualified to teach and not just a bunch of day drinking parents, like it's worth a sacrifice. And washing your hands a little bit more and wearing a mask and uh, it's worth it because you get some of the things that you maybe really missed in March and April and May when we were completely on lockdown. And I think anything that we can do to sort of make it better for everyone and keep our economy running, and that goes keeping our sports running and keeping our kids in school and keeping everyone employed, then let's, let's just all work together. Not This is not political. This is just... Much not. I want to be like, you know, you, you want to be the best that you can possibly be. Next time. I don't want to, I don't want to go back to March in April and be like, oh my God, this is that that awful feeling that this is never gonna end and we have nothing to do. And you Feels can't like we're going like, too. I yeah. know. Like I don't want to go back to that because I don't want to go back to feeling like I can't see my parents. And I don't want to go back to feeling like I'm not ever going to leave my house again and not ever leave my house without feeling like afraid that I'm going to give something to somebody else, or I'm going to get something that's going to impact my life and my kids' lives. Like it's, it seems like if we all would just work together a little bit that we would, we'd figure it out to a point where we could survive this tolerable way. I mean, just deal with it. Patience. Yes. Patience and grace allow each other to, to just, be a little bit more at ease right now yeah yeah i'm i'm with you next time we'll wear our masks for our podcast well come on i'm safely in my office you're over there you <laughs> just your germs over there will be fine <laughs> yeah nicole briscoe thank you thank you it was good seeing you stay safe keep your family safe maybe next time you and ryan can sit down and we'll all chat it out for a few and see that what's going good. on okay. um But I appreciate it. Everybody wanted to hear from you. So thank you so much. Good. Have a good one. See you later. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.